Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from Red Hook, Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. All right, please sit down. Please sit down. Everyone sit down. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. How are we doing, everybody? You are listening to Inward with William McCarthy, a very indoors William McCarthy. How are we doing, guys? It's been a couple weeks since I've been by myself, doing my thing, down in my bunker basement, recording for you. Okay. How's everybody doing? Ready for a haircut? (laughs) I am definitely ready for a haircut. Um, Keep myself busy. I'll get into it later. Just stretch out, relax, walk around the house, do your thing. Um, I'm going to talk about life, inspiration, creativity, and world events, but I'll try not to uh, dwell on the bad, although there is plenty of it to uh, get stuck into. First thing, now, if anybody out there is having trouble finding something to get their head into at night, it takes a little bit of effort, indeed, to uh, get yourself out of media land, which is doom and gloom. And I have found something that might be of great service to you. There is a Netflix documentary called Tiger King. Now, if you're from the overseas and you're from, uh, say, Europe or Australia or something, and you want to like have a laugh at America, now is your chance. <clears throat> this is about um, an Oklahoma tiger farm with a gentleman that makes country records and he has two husbands. Uh, I did not know that tiger raising was such a sordid affair, but there's, uh, there is a murder plot an abduction and all kind of shenanigans going on with this. And it is the cringiest American thing I've seen. And I I can't even imagine how long it's been since I've seen something like this. Um, good times. I, I, I think I think the Germans call it Schadenfreude, right? Like when you uh, when you when you, <laughs> you take take joy in other people's suffering. Um, they're not suffering though; they're having a good time. They just really love tigers and bobcats and all kinds of crazy shit. There's a there's a guru, there's a harem, there is a uh, three way uh, gay love story. There's an heiress. And, uh, so far there's like a disappearance. I don't want to give it all away, but a millionaire disappeared. This is some weird sorted shit. Y'all get into it. Um, moving onwards. So I'm here and I'm, I'm editing my episodes, right? I'm directing this little like series. It's called New York City Serenade. And thank you for all the feedback that you guys gave me um, the past week about it. It's uh, a, it is a labor of love. I absolutely suck at it. Uh, and I'm polishing it because I'm putting so many damn hours into it. But it's something that I'm feeling compelled to do and driven to do. And uh, I, I think the scientific term is bifurcation when there are uh, two nutrient sources from different branches uh, coming from the same source. And that's what it's like to edit visually, make music for a podcast and for uh, directing an episode, uh, visual episode, and also doing a podcast. 
it is fascinating. It is the full spectrum and it's a lot for the psyche, uh, but it is keeping me away from crappy media and I'm delving into things that I never thought that I would uh, delve into. Uh, my closet is very organized. Uh, my desk is a little bit of a mess. Uh, what else is, what else is happening? I'm digging through crates of music and, and things that I didn't even know that I would love. One fellow that's got some jams, oddly, out of nowhere, is social justice crusader and all-around Spartan human being, Harry Belafonte. As you guys know, I love Calypso and um, 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, like Caribbean music. So I just decided to check this guy out, thinking that it was sort of like a saccharine music industry, music biz um, product of its time. And like I was talking about Cher, the last, uh, how, how, how funny it was to revisit all these like strange things from the past, this, this fodder that whips around in our collective psyche. Uh, I've been checking out Harry Belafonte and have fallen in love with some of his tunes. So um, kudos to Harry F Belafonte. That dude's got some beautiful stuff, oddly. <clears throat> so here we go. Sorry, already bumping into the mic. Nice is today haircut day. Men, women, I think women could probably get away with it a little better. They could put their hair in a scrunchie or in a ponytail or whatever. We're kind of, men, we're probably struggling right now. Uh, <laughs> it is time. It is time for me to go full self haircut mode today. I'm looking pretty rugged. I'm looking like a very strung out Ralph Macchio. Uh, and it's getting wiry and weird and I'm in that funny place that you probably are is like do I put any gel in my hair do I even try uh I'm walking around in pajamas I'm wearing shoes with no socks uh boots with no socks which is um nothing says uh self-respect like you walking to the store in uh in your boots with no socks I've given myself many bad haircuts and I actually think it's good for character. There is this sort of uh, Mark Antony, Julius Caesar, one inch style, um, of which I uh, made very unpopular in my Pela days. Then in, la in, in later years, uh, with, with the advent of YouTube and so on, I figured out how to give myself a fade, which is, uh, that, ain't, that, that ain't too hard. I mean, you got the... Uh, the one, the two, the three setting, and you just kind of fade it up. And sometimes it's a train wreck, but it always grows out. And then there's the dicey, the dicey topic of cutting the top of your hair with scissors when you're right-handed. Uh, we will see where that goes. Check in with me tomorrow. I might look uh, like a dog-eared pit bull that just got out of a uh, underground fighting ring. Pretty weird stuff, but I'm going to do it after this. Um, I'm staying really on point guys, uh, again, editing and I did something that I don't do a lot. I took a nap yesterday and I wanted to say my podcast, my episodes are partially like for creative people. Um, it's good to sleep in and let that third eye open up that, um, that imagination, that, that like that visualizing part of your brain, because 
that's really the well that this stuff all comes from, right? So if you can't see it, you can't breathe life into it. And if you can't conceptualize it, you're kind of just sitting there by yourself. So I did a little sleep in, in, which I don't do a lot, and it really helped. Today I was up at uh, 4.30. And why the hell wake up at 4.30? As I've been saying as a thread through this stuff is like, you know, listen, if you're a creative and you're stalling or you're, 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 um, you're plateauing and you really want to get the best out of yourself, try waking up early. It's fascinating, man. It's like nine 30. You're in full stride. You're watching the arc of the day take place. You're hearing the birds sing and you're, you're hearing the city come to life and you're already at like a full sprint. You're like knocking it down. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing requires like a, like very different parts of my brain. Uh, three years ago I was living in Berlin, Germany. And, uh, after the band ended, I was sitting there kind of like, I guess, trying to get my head around what my future would look like. And I imagined that I, I wanted to kind of have a creative life that, uh, that basically was something like almost like university classes, like segments. I would have to like, I I realized that I was going to have to do my creative life in blocks. If I wanted to be like, like total with total creativity, I was going to have to have the mornings be for emails. Uh, the, uh, noon time would have to be for visual stuff. Um, designing would have to come after that. And then, uh, a bit of songwriting, a bit of recording, and I would have to break it up because when you're doing the DIY, um, all by yourself thing, you really got to stay organized. It's pretty crazy, man. Um, but it's something that I absolutely love. And, uh, I'm really learning how to God, anybody, I mean, you guys are probably all really good at computers. Like all the years that everyone was doing, um, getting really fluent on computers. I was like getting fluent in songs and, and, and performing and stuff. So like, I don't know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't really do it. And when I say it, I mean, I didn't really push myself through all the, like the, the ad nauseum stuff, the, the file management and like uploading and USB and this and the hard drive. And I'll get into that later, but it has been a task. And the only way I can keep up with probably, um, a production level in the world, um, that most people exist at is by working, um, twice as long and twice as hard since it's all sort of new and, and abstract to me. But I'm feeling I'm feeling really good about um, what I'm pulling off here, and I I gotta say, man, um, <clears throat> we're here, and many musicians are kind of screwed right now. Uh, but I'm choosing really not to look at it that way. I'm looking at it as that we've been in training for this. Those of us who have had to um, live on the road and have lived on stage and in buses and, and, and vans and so on. When we get home, we kind of hole up and, uh, it's, it's kind of beautiful. And the, the outside world is totally tragic and, and heartbreaking and scary. But I think there's an opportunity here. I really do to like ha- have a revolution, like have a revolution within yourself. And maybe that doesn't even, 
have to apply to musicians, but like anybody can start anything. Um, I was just down in Mexico in January and I dusted off my Spanish. Right. And like, I, I, we all in California, we all take, you know, Spanish as a second language from, from pretty young, you know, and I, I've spent time in different Spanish speaking countries and it's a weird thing in that um, it's so valuable and such a beautiful thing for your brain to to get around and to, to learn but it's easy to kind of put it down but it's still there and that's what's so cool about this whole experience um, as I said before the Harry Belafonte stuff there's some just gorgeous stuff and I started covering one of his songs today and as I've stated before, like I'm trying to build out, um, a new, a new thing for myself and that I want to tell stories visually. I've, I've done them on stage for so long and I want to tell other people's stories, tell my story. And I'm working very hard at learning how to do that with a camera. But as I started playing this, uh, this, the, the guitar today, I was just like, wow, I, I flipped on the song that I love that I've fallen, I'm smitten by. And literally I was closing my eyes and like clockwork, I just started like playing it. And that, uh, it's a very difficult thing as a creative to trust that it's not going to just fly away or go away. And for many, many years, I felt like, um, you know, if I didn't play that it would, um, it was like a fairy, it would just fly out the window and, and disappear. So for those creatives who are going down a little bit of a different path and trying to push themselves, it comes back. I could feel it. I was like, I could feel my forehead, like in my mind's eye beating up with sweat. I'm under the lights and I'm stomping my feet. And, uh, it was kind of a cool experience. I could, I, I could access it. Um, so what else is going on? A lot of thoughts and prayers. Is it just, is it me? Is thoughts and prayers a little ingenuine? Doesn't it feel a little stock? That's starting, the older I get, that's starting to fucking annoy me, man. When people have a little slogan for real life shit. Um, it's, it's, come on, man. If, if you're not religious, it's sort of prayers. Like it just kind of means I thought about you briefly. And I don't know. Sometimes I think about if I could pass if I could pass certain laws in my lifetime, like the McCarthy laws, <laughs> not Joe McCarthy, the, <laughs> the ball busting shitty American that sort of shamed my family's name. Um, there's a couple things I'd love to do. Um, one, that one thing I want, if I could pass a McCarthy law, I, it would be that I think all project housing in America people should be able to vote. There should be a budget to paint those things colors. I think the brown prison-like terrible unimaginative confines of brick just seems so unfair to people who are struggling. I think they should be bright, light blue, lime green, polka dot art, just explosions. That would be, that would be nice. And the other, um, the other McCarthy law would be like, come on with the like slogans it, implying that you're like s sincere, but you're really not. Uh, it, like, do you know anybody that uses the term best at the end of an email? Like, 
what that is the most music business entertainment business bullshit best greg thank you uh we'll be getting back to you soon best steve it's like dude best what at least put fucking best regards like you know what fucking pop your collar out a little bit push your chest out have some pride in your fucking self man normalizing nonsense perpetuating the poo shoveling shit shuffling the muck what else could we call it flipping the feces elongating the steamer passing the hollowness pass pass it on let's be genuine let's be authentic god damn it uh what else okay yeah yeah is that a rant? Did I, can I get down off my soapbox? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just want some zip, zap, and pizzazz. Vim. I want some vim and vigor. A horse named Trigger. Let's blow this town. Let's get down with the get down. Chase that authenticity. No more hollow words. No phoning it in. No more texting. No more texting while talking. No more nodding your head. Uh-huh. Is that a, have you guys noticed that shit? It's like sleepwalking, but with your thumbs. It's like, I'm, I'm not listening, but I'm nodding my head that I am. What a weird quirk. What a strange modern quirk. Um, so yeah, early morning wake-up call. I did editing all morning, and it's, it's kind of, you know, it makes me think of uh, the late Kobe Bryant. Like, obviously, when he died... Like many of you, I was processing that. And I started reading about this guy. And he, the guy, apparently the guy was like a savage. The the, uh, the Mamba way, I guess that's like the um, Black Mamba, I guess was his nickname. And the Mamba way was like his 4.30 wake-up call. Just working through the mechanics of like, you know, his shot and like his game. And he was like really committed to that. And it, it's it's a funny thing because... In modern life, we uh, we have the interwebs. There is a character that I never thought I would ever pay any attention to. But Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. This probably came by, like via Instagram or whatever, but I don't know how he ended. I mean, I guess it's an algorithm. Like, you know, he ended up in my feet or whatever. And I, I start looking at this guy and I'm like, <laughs> look at this resilient dude. And the more I started realizing, like, like, I guess you get to a place where you don't need to be cool anymore. You don't need to, you know, you just, you're looking at like grit and determination and you admire that in people and, 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 and their work ethic and so on. And this guy apparently is a similar dude, similar type of guy as Kobe woke up at four 30. He, uh, lifts weights and he was a drug dealer at one point. His, his father was like a, like a sort of failed wrestler. And he got bounced around a lot as a kid. And then I think he got um, a scholarship to go to Miami to play uh, football. And he got hurt. He got injured. And that has got to be so hard, man. Like when you're an athlete um, and your whole life is really geared towards, quote unquote, making it. And some of these guys are like six foot five 300 pounds and that is what they are and that's what they feel like their their purpose is right so imagine you're at the peak of your life at 22 or whatever 
You're walking into stadiums. It's American college football. Rah, rah, rah. Cheerleaders. You know, people are whisking you through your, your, your classes, giving you high marks, high grades. And this is your lot in life. And you blow out a knee. And so this guy, he's a big lug. He's like, what now? And this reinvention is, you know, I'll take, I'll take a reinvention story where I can get it. And this guy returns to what his father did. Um, I guess bodybuilding and weightlifting. I'm sorry, bodybuilding and wrestling. So he gets back in the, in this ring that he that has all these like connotations of this like absent father, and it goes back. He goes into this thing and he works his way up, and pretty soon he he rises to the top. He's he's having success, and uh, somehow he jumps from wrestling, like everyone says he can't do it. He jumps from wrestling into being an actor. And listen, this guy, this guy's no Marlon Brando, but he starts acting and he, he becomes the highest paid actor in the world. And you know what? I could give a shit about, about money and, and fame and icons. I really, really don't care about that stuff, but the guy's, the guy's like willpower to will himself into a position of uh, strength is pretty impressive, man. Um, so, so where do we get, where do we, where, where did he get that? Where did he get the, the notion that he could do something great like that? Maybe he was laying in bed, sleeping in, and he just started to be able to see it a little bit. And, you know, once upon a time, I, I reference a lot of different songs that sort of led the way. And I, you know, obviously the rise film is about this, this, wilderness period that that uh, I was in with Eric and I would sit there and I would basically watch YouTube videos I didn't really realize it but I was sort of uh, breaking out of my my menu of inspirations I was with the downtime that I had um, not unlike now uh, I was making a roadmap for myself creatively. Um, I started thinking about colors and um, how I wanted my website to look. And I was watching these videos and I just kept watching this Kate Bush video, um, Weathering Heights. And I started watching like a lot of like kind of Cajun stuff, Bayou stuff, South African stuff. I started noticing what like what was going on in hip hop. And it was really giving me the strength that hey maybe i won't make it but at least i can make something beautiful that i think is cool and it's kind of happening right now um and it's it's hilarious i mean we can have fun with it too it's not like you know i'm not down in a coal mine i'm i'm enjoying myself i uh for everybody on my patreon you're gonna see for the zen den people um you're gonna see you're gonna see me doing color so last last week i did black and white a bit of black and white and now i'm going into full color of which i've had to teach myself how to do and i'm enjoying a nice cocktail at night i'm sure you guys are um i've been enjoying a little vodka on the rocks um keeping the uh diet going 
I'm at stalling a little bit. I'm at 45 pounds, trying to trying to get five more off, and yeah, a little stalling, but no beer, no whiskey, but I could still get whiskey. Um, I've, I heard a funny quote today. Um, eighth day of isolation. It's like Vegas in my house, losing money by the minute. Cocktails are acceptable at any time of the day, and no one knows what time it is. Holy shit. That's, that is gospel right now. Haven't drank in the day. Um, if, well, why not? Why not? Um, anyways, I thought I would, uh, I would share with you a, a creative writing piece. I do a creative writing piece every week. Um, short stories and you know, thoughts, observations, and so on. And let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to do a reading for you. You're listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. Okay, so a lot of uh, songwriting, a lot of visual art and um, graphic design and, and so on, writing stories, it's sort of, it's as if you're walking through your week with like a butterfly net and, you know, inspirations, thoughts, these butterflies circle around us all week long. See something you think is cool. Your friend mentions something. Someone sends you a link. Um, you meet up with a friend. You see the book he's reading. These little kind of like, I, I call them indicators. Um, these fill up in my satchel like all week, and then I'm lucky enough to have a. I'm lucky enough to have a really great group of people that really, you know, they they show interest and they care about what I'm doing and what I what I'm thinking. Thank God. Um, times are really weird for musicians and I don't know, maybe my best advice is try to be more than a musician right now. Try to push yourself. Um, this is a little story that I wrote and I can't help but think of all people, Christian Bale this morning. I'll explain. Random. In the short list of my all time favorite movies, I'd have to say Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Empire of the Sun topped the list. I've mentioned these films before to you all, and it's because I think about them a lot. Why? My best guess is it's probably where I was de developmentally when I saw them. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was actually a much better film than people probably realized. It was Tim Burton's first film, drenched in kitsch, not unlike John Waters' depictions of American life, but with a tacky and bold color palette complements the zany musical stylings of all people, Danny Elfman, the frontman and singer of 80 new wave band Oingo Boingo. The Pee Wee story was about the road, 
and this eccentric character in a bow tie searching across the country for his love, a stolen bicycle. Kind of brilliant stuff. Lowbrow, highbrow. That's not an easy cocktail to mix. Now, Empire of the Sun was based on J.G. Ballard's semi-autobiographical novel about growing up British in a Japanese internment camp in World War II. I think me being bounced around to multiple foster homes at the time that I saw it is probably why I connected to these movies as a kid. A yearning. Also, Empire of the Sun has a rich, choir-heavy soundtrack, drenching the scenes in Empire, and it still moves something in me. I had to sing choir in the schools that I was attending, but I barely realized singing was an awakening to a musical, a musical aspect of the boy that I was and the person that I was becoming. I guess we're all steeped, and we've become steeped in whatever we're steeped in. For some people, there's religious patterns of thought that they can't shake due to being raised in it. It always creeps up. Some people are steeped in, say, country music, or traditional music, or gospel. Some people are steeped in social justice, perhaps like Martin Luther King's children a half a century later. After much reflection, I accept that some of the deepest corners of my interior still have to do with survival, choir music, and yearning. There's, great, there's a great scene in Empire of the Sun where Jamie, Christian Bale, is this 12-year-old boy whipping around the internment camp, grating on everybody's nerves. He knows everybody by name, even the American POWs. He witnesses married couples trying to make love in their bunk, plainclothes doctors unable to save fellow dying POWs, and families tending to their makeshift gardens in squalor. The film shows the restlessness of quarantine among the ruthless backhand of life and its bleak realities. But woven throughout, there is a candor and sprightliness that only a child can have, and the more I think about it, the film is not only about physical survival, but how to keep one's mind alive in the worst of situations that fall upon us. Slowly within the camp and its misery, days bleeding into each other, and too many idle hours in the day, the prisoners began losing hope. Jamie becomes this sort of rallying force, a tireless and unrelenting, slightly annoying embodiment of willpower, helping to sustain the camp until the world might perhaps shift and they could return back to normal life. He trades some recently acquired children's toys for potatoes, then trades the potatoes for shoe polish, which he in turn delivers to the elderly man who recently lost his wife and is grieving, both to cheer the elderly man up, but also to keep his own mind alive. Maybe there's a part of all of us that need to be like Jamie right now, to get through this quarantined uncertainty and indeed survive it. In the end, Jamie becomes J.G. Ballard in real life. The distinctiveness of Ballard's fiction gave rise to the adjective Ballardian, defined by the Colin English dictionary as resembling or suggestive of the conditions described in J.G. Ballard's novels and stories. Dystopian modernity among bleak man-made landscapes. Not bad, Jamie, but not bad at all. Now the next portion of today's story is for all of you creatives out there. I got 99 problems, but a glitch ain't one. Yesterday was a great day. Finally got my video series episode up. 
I spoke to Bridgette before I posted it. We both agreed that the 40 hours that I put into this thing should probably be pushed as best I could into the light, into full view of the public. So I fired it out there on the interwebs. But the path that led to yesterday was not for the faint of heart. Getting it filmed, edited, and hosted on Vimeo was fraught with crazy glitches, unavoidable expenditures, and all-out parade of stumbles. Things that went wrong. External hard drive number one would not turn on, then died. External hard drive number two was wrongly formatted and my computer would not recognize it, rendering it absolutely useless. Internal hard drive became so overloaded and at one point the computer would no longer even start. External hard drive number three, panic borrowed from Eric, but actually belongs to Rob Allen, drummer of Augustine's. Poor Rob set it up wrong and it caused unforeseeable headaches later on that I couldn't figure out, had no idea about, and I had to call Eric and Todd Howe from Rise Film in a series of FaceTime sessions to assess. Thank you, Eric and Todd. I ordered an emergency new hard drive, 96 bucks, accidentally deleted the entire first version that was 58 minutes long, roughly 16 hours of work gone, dropped and smashed, then repaired a lens intended for episode. 380 bucks. Now YouTube has a 15 minute limit for non-verified accounts. I don't talk about it, but Jesus. Web world is a long way from acoustic guitar and stomping my feet and singing. And the total amount of views that I received for all of this work, 38. 38 human beings watched my episode. Now stay with me, stay with me creatives. Rewind to Augustine's era and I'm peeking out of the curtains of my tour bus at a line of people waiting to get in. The venue is jammed and it's sold out and spilling out the doors. I have diesel jeans on that were gifted to us, likely by some street team diesel marketing bullshit and some free Red Wings too. There's a TV personality that's there and he asks if we would guest list them and wants to hang out after the show. And we might, but we were up early doing an 8 a.m. morning radio show, and the performance was good, so life is all right. But that doesn't mean I was always growing. I was doing what I knew how to do, and growing is hard. It's hard sometimes. I always loved being in the venue after everyone left, and the balloons and the confetti were on the floor, and I still do. People would be sweeping and I'd be there smoking cigarettes amongst the bartenders and the custodians. It made me feel like I was an itinerant vaudeville contortionist or a juggler. My body would be tired, my clothes sweaty, drenched, ripped. But as I looked around the room, I was proud to be living in the tradition of a traveling performer. It meant everything to me, which is indeed an artist. But I knew very well my craft and when the stage lights went on, I just kind of went. It was like second nature. And while there's 38 views in my episode, I fought for that tooth and nail. And I don't have the luxury to just rock it into a performance with effortlessness and minimal issues. I actually launch into issues with minimal <laughs> effortlessness. I've got to laugh. It's important. It's medicine. And it's necessary. But this is how we begin to walk towards what we see in our head, our vision. 
My creative side is telling me that my music needs to be accompanied by visual side of the music experience and I need to tell not only my story, but other people's stories that perhaps no one's been listening to. So who am I to get in the way of that? That's the antenna. And as an artist, that's what you do. You listen to that antenna and you break your back and your hands to get it beautiful. Them's the breaks, kids. You want it easy? Go do something easy. But the little moments of transcendence is what we're after. There's an old saying in boxing, big tree fall hard. I seen many of you trees, bring it on. Bill McCarthy. Guys, thanks for listening this week. It's been an absolute joy. I'm loving it. And I'll continue continuing on. Make sure you take breaks, deep breaths, cook, make love, cocktails, reach out to friends. I'm definitely noticing in New York City, people actually have time for each other now. It makes me so happy to see my phone ring randomly. There's no text. Hey, can I call? Got some time? Scheduling time to chat for 10 minutes is a weird state. I think the fact that people are just reaching out to each other for necessity to keep warm in this strange time. Times Square is empty. Hong Kong. London. Rio de Janeiro. Berlin. Let's stick together, everybody. Strange times indeed. Let's get creating. Let's express this. It's been a joy. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. Thank you.